Welcome to an episode of Living Well with Titan Well, where we discuss healthy living. My name is Nina Tran. I am one of the health educators at Titan Well, and I focus on substance intervention and prevention, also known as SIP. Today, we'll be discussing a topic that is very personal to me, and it's on the topic of smoking cessation. But before we begin, I'm so excited to introduce you to our guest from an organization called New Lung. Hi, Karen. Welcome to Living Well with Titan Well. Can you share a little bit about yourself? Hi, Nina. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, um, my role as a tobacco cessation specialist is to provide support to people who want to quit smoking or vaping. We understand that smoking isn't just physiological, but also psychological. This is why we use combination therapy in the form of behavior modification and nicotine replacement therapy. We introduce tools and strategies to help people learn more about their smoking habits, break it down to truly understand why we smoke, develop personalized coping strategies, and create a quit plan to implement once we are ready to quit. And, you know, I think that's why I admire um, your work so much and all of the services that you provide, um, and you're such a great resource to our community. We refer students to New Lung, especially if they're interested in smoking cessation. And can you share a little bit more about New Lung, your organization? Yes, the 1866 New Lung program is run by the Tobacco Cessation Department at Anaheim Regional Medical Center, which is funded by the Orange County Healthcare Agency. 1866 New Lung has been housed at Anaheim Regional Medical Center since 2003. For about 20 years, New Lung has provided and continues to provide bedside services for patients as well as on-site services with partner facilities countywide. New Lung provides services to anyone who lives, works, or goes to school in Orange County. We are partnered with over 50 adult facilities and 15 youth facilities at community centers, rehabilitation facilities, temporary housing facilities, and hospitals such as St. Joseph, Hogue, and Mission Hospital. Our services consist of different options that people can choose from that best fit their preferred method of quitting. These options include a five-session group series, which is five meetings or classes for five consecutive weeks, a one-session group seminar, a one-on-one in-person counseling, virtual counseling, or even telephone counseling. These options allow us to accommodate busy schedules and the means in which people want to quit. It seems like as a tobacco cessation specialist, your role is very specific and even the occupation itself. So here you know, at Cal State Fullerton, I know I'm sure there's many students who are looking into careers and they're interested in um, maybe doing what you do. So how did you get into your role? Um, When I was very young, my grandmother actually used to smoke. My grandmother was the matriarchy of our family. She was well-respected and looked up to by everyone. I remember when she would step outside to hide and go smoke her cigarette. I would always follow her and hide around the corner of the house so she wouldn't see me. I'd watch her smoke, and once she put out her cigarette and leave, I would go pick up that cigarette butt and pretend to smoke it. Mm. I was just very intrigued by her smoking. I didn't know it was harmful then. So when she'd go outside to smoke, I would secretly follow to observe. Then I started buying these small little fake cigarette candies from the ice cream truck and pretended to smoke them. But as the years went by, I learned that smoking 
was not good for our health, that it could make us sick. I wanted to protect my grandmother and started hiding her packs, which, of course, <laughs> got me in trouble. I learned that my grandmother started smoking at a very young age, and she continued to smoke as a coping mechanism for all of the stress that she endured. When my sister was born, my grandmother actually decided to quit. She was quit for 15 years before her passing. As I grew older, I always wished there was something I could have done for my grandmother back then. I wish I could have supported her, helped her quit sooner. Maybe I couldn't help my grandmother back then, but it motivated me to help others who have that desire to quit and need that support now. Yeah, it's so funny that you mentioned the the gum um, that looked like a cigarette because I do remember those. They sell them. They sold them in ice cream trucks, mm -hmm. and even if you um, puffed it, there was like a little bit of smoke that came out from it. So it's so wild that they would sell it um, out of ice cream trucks for for kiddos. Um, but thank you so much for sharing um, the story about your grandmother, and I'm really glad um, that she was able to um, to quit. Um, and for me, you know, it's very similar to you too. This topic is very personal to me because my father smokes. Uh, he still does. Uh, he's been smoking for over 40 years now. And he started really young, actually, during the Vietnam War. Um, and it's honestly just a hard journey as a daughter, you know, to see my father go through times of smoking and quitting. There's definitely times when he would excuse himself from the table and, um, you know, you know what he's doing. He's, you know, smoking outside and come back and, you know, he would miss a lot of conversations during dinner. I remember as young as elementary school creating posters for the D.A.R.E. program to like, quote unquote, scare my dad into quitting um, all the Red Ribbon Week and, you know, all the things that they would teach us. Um, and it wasn't until later where, you know, I proactively bought him over the counter nicotine replacement therapy treatments like patches and gum to help him quit. Um, but I didn't know then, but there's actually like techniques and um, dosage and even the way that you chew gum or the way that you put the patches that make it more effective. And, you know, of course, now, um, even though my dad does smoke, he does try to cut back and I have a more empathetic and compassionate approach. Um, I don't try to scare him. I don't try to threaten him. I don't try to yell at him. Um, I just try to be as supportive as I can because now as a health educator, I understand more. I'm more informed about just how physical, mental, and emotional um, quitting can be for individuals. Um, and I've even seen that it takes like 30 or more quit attempts before becoming successful. Um, so, Karen, you know, what are the some of the misperceptions that people have about quitting? One of the very common misperception about quitting is that you can quit cold turkey. A lot of times people ask, does it work? Does it not work? You hear so many things. Now, with quitting cold turkey, it's quitting from one day to the next without any type of nicotine replacement therapy or medicine, or self-help material. Quitting cold turkey is definitely not for everyone. Everyone's quit journey is going to be different. It's really not one size fits all. Some people are able to quit cold turkey and never look back again. And we applaud and commend these people for their accomplishment and hard work. Quitting cold turkey may have been more achievable. 
years ago. Uh, about 30 years ago, there were far less chemicals in cigarettes than there are now. Now there are about 7,000 different chemicals in tobacco smoke. And scientists in the tobacco companies continue to modify and add chemicals to make cigarettes extremely addictive. This is why when you hear that your uncle or grandpa who quit many years ago um, was a lot easier for them to do so in the past than it is now. We've had many people tell us that their mother or father quit cold turkey and they just don't understand why it's so hard for them to do the same. At health fairs and events, I've had many older people approach me and mention how in their day, you didn't need all these resources or nicotine patches. You just simply stopped and you never picked it up again. Things are different now, and this is simply because of the increased chemicals and that addictiveness to tobacco nowadays. I can definitely see, you know, when we talk about even cannabis products or vaping products and now cigarettes, you know, there's constantly changes, added chemicals, and even modifications to the devices themselves. Um, but what if someone was interested in quitting cold turkey? Would you say that um, the method would be effective? If someone wants to quit cold turkey, we definitely do not discourage them. Any quit attempt is great progress. However, it does require a lot of self-discipline and work. Any attempt and form of quitting is always great, and quitting cold turkey may be successful for some, but not for others. Mm. There are many mixed reviews on this topic. Some people may have success on their own. Others may require additional support. Mm, so what would you say is the most effective way to quit? Well, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention does state that using counseling and medication together gives you the best chance of quitting for good. There is substantial evidence that behavior modification, which would be a one-on-one -on -one individual counseling, telephone counseling, uh, group support, or even self-help materials, in combination with pharmacotherapy, which is medicine, or nicotine replacement therapies, is the most effective. Mm. So it seems like a combination of different types of methods would help someone to quit. Um, you know, we're seeing trends that young adults aged 19 to 30 are smoking less cigarettes and vaping more. And there's also a misperception that like e-cigarettes like vaping can be less harmful than cigarettes. Do you think that e-cigarettes slash vaping can help with quitting cigarettes? Vaping is definitely increasing among the youth. Uh, when it comes to vaping, it is fairly new compared to cigarettes. There is far less research on these ever-changing devices compared to those traditional cigarettes. Mm -hmm. The sleek design and sweet flavors may feel otherwise, but vapes are highly addictive and contain harmful chemicals, which can damage the lungs. We are often asked if electronic cigarettes or vapes can be used as a cessation method. I've had various people mention that they successfully quit smoking with vaping devices. Then they were able to wean off the vape and remain tobacco and nicotine free. However, that is not the case for everyone. There are far more people who have contacted me saying they quit all cigarettes over a year ago, but have continued vaping since. Uh, there was this man in his 30s who picked up cigarettes in his teens and smoked since. Vaping seemed less harmful because it didn't have the harsh tobacco taste or smell, so he opted for vaping as a method of quitting. What started as a quit attempt then turned into a new vice. He found himself not being able to put the vape down, 
The scent was just very appealing. Mm -hmm. He was able to discreetly vape in places where he couldn't smoke cigarettes before. It was a lot more accessible, which led him to vape constantly. He then realized he had a higher nicotine dependency. With cigarettes, you can measure the amount you smoke per day. However, when it comes to vaping, it is a lot more difficult to accurately calculate your daily nicotine intake. Mm -hmm. This then leads to just a higher use and a higher dependency. He was honestly struggling more to quit the vape than he did those cigarettes. After speaking and developing a quit plan, he opted to try nicotine patches as his cessation method. So the risk of using electronic cigarettes as a method of cessation is replacing one nicotine product with another mm. or becoming a dual user, which is using both cigarettes and vapes. Um, you know, the FDA regulates tobacco products, but that doesn't mean that they are safe to use. Mm -hmm. There is actually no safe tobacco product, including those e-cigarettes or any type of electronic nicotine delivery system. So although some e-cigarettes have helped adults transition and quit smoking, there is no e-cigarette or vape product approved by the FDA as a smoking cessation device, which is why we do not recommend using vapes to help quit cigarettes. Yeah, and I don't definitely hear from a lot of our students that the, the flavor makes it very appealing um, in vape pens, uh, the different, um, and that you know, it's not uh, smoke, it's vapor or it's water vapor. So those are definitely different uh, misperceptions that we're hearing about vaping. But again, just what you said, there's no safe tobacco product out there. Um, and so, you know, what are some other misperceptions that people have about quitting? Um, one very common misperception that we hear is if you do not quit on your first attempt, you'll continue feeling. You'll mm -hmm. never quit. Mm -hmm. uh, I have come across many people who are hesitant to quit because they have relapsed in the past. Um, you know, it takes about 8 to 11 attempts before quitting permanently. Now, does that mean it's going to take everyone 8 to 11 attempts? No. Some people quit in less and some people quit in more. But for those people who are discouraged after their third or, or fourth attempt, Remember, relapse is not failure. It's a learning opportunity. Every single attempt gives us the opportunity to continue learning about our habit, what's working, what isn't, what can we change to improve our next quit attempt. Um, we had a participant who has shot this misperception down many, many times. She is very determined and she does not let the number of her quit attempts stop or define her. Every single year, she gives us a call and attends a class or has a telephone counseling. One year, she called right before leaving for a cruise. She knew going on that cruise would be difficult and trying not to smoke around her family or others would also be difficult. She wanted to enjoy her family cruise and not let smoking get in the way of that. So she created her quit plan with us in preparation for her trip. She didn't care how many times it took. She was determined to achieve her goal of being smoke-free. Mm. Don't be a quitter. Those are words that were shared with me, and those are words that I continue to share with my participants. Mm, that's such a great story. I really admire that, um, and I'm really glad that she was able to, to quit. Um, just kind of like thinking about quitting, um, you know, we hear a lot of feedback from our students that try to quit 
you know, with cigarettes, vaping, or even with cannabis, that the first three days or the first 72 hours are the hardest. You know, they might have cravings, they have urges, even feelings of being sick. Um, and I think that could be sometimes like um, something that deters people from quitting is that feeling. Um, and mm -hmm. so the question that I get asked is, can you become sick if you quit after smoking for many years? You know, you brought up a great point that those first three days can definitely be the hardest. And that's just because it takes 72 hours for nicotine to leave our body. Mm. So we can definitely deal with some of that sickness or some of those symptoms during that time. Some people delay their quit attempts or put them off altogether because they have in the past become sick when they're quitting mm. or they are concerned it'll do them more harm than good to quit. This sickness that they are referring to or experiencing is known as withdrawal or recovery symptoms. It is actually quite normal to experience symptoms such as that constant urge to smoke or vape, irritability, restlessness, agitation, insomnia, anxiety, sadness, constant coughing, upset stomach, um, and even lack of concentration. Mm -hmm. Quit attempts are different for every person. Some of these symptoms can be mild for some people and overwhelming for others. When you no longer use tobacco products, your brain and body have to readjust to no longer having nicotine, which can take some time and it can definitely be uncomfortable. However, it is important to remember that these symptoms are not eternal. They will go away. It can take a few days or a few weeks, but they will minimize and go away. As the CDC states, this can be uncomfortable, but nicotine withdrawal cannot hurt you. Mm. A few years ago, I had an older Spanish-speaking participant who really said something that struck me. She said, if I quit, I'm going to die. <laughs> she mentioned she tried quitting once before when she was a lot younger. She began feeling very sick and wouldn't get out of bed. Once she finally had that strength to go to the doctor, she told him what she was experiencing. He told her not to quit because her body was already so dependent on smoking that it was, in fact, going to kill her. So she just continued smoking for years. Once um, she came to the U.S. to live with her family, she began seeing a doctor regularly and realized that continuing smoking was worsening her health. Because of her previous quit attempt and withdrawal symptoms, that came with it, she was hesitant to try again, but she realized that continuing smoking would make her more sick than quitting. I think it's kind of funny that I do hear my dad <laughs> in some of the stories that you're sharing right now. Um, funny, but also sad at the same time. Um, you know, he did mention things like, I'm going to become sick if I quit. You know, I've smoked all these years. Um, and he's also mentioned to me, you know, I went to the doctor and he discouraged me from quitting too. So I've heard that from my dad before. Um, and I think for folks similar to my dad who have been smoking for a while, you know, is it too late to quit? Has the damage been done? It is definitely never too late to quit. A lot of older adults who have smoked for 30, 40, or even 50 years may feel that it is too late to quit. However, it is never too late to quit. There are always going to be benefits to quitting regardless of age or how long you've been smoking or vaping. It doesn't matter how old you are or how long you've been smoking. Quitting smoking at any time improves your health. When you quit, you are likely to add these years to your life. Just breathe more easily and have more energy and save a lot more money.
we have many older participants who want to quit. Quite a few participants are cancer patients referred to new lung by their physician. Regardless of the years they have smoked, they want to quit to improve their health and quality of life. I spoke to a U.S. veteran once who shared his life and his story with me. Like many, he started smoking at a very young age and his smoking increased while he was serving the military and dealing with a lot of stressors. He always thought he'd quit once he completed his service. However, he just continued smoking for many more years. At about the age of 62, he had a lung screening, which he didn't really have high hopes for. He was surprised to receive a clear scan. He was expecting complications or even a cancer diagnosis. Mm -hmm. The scan made him realize that he was not the norm, but the exception. Not many people were as lucky as him. He decided then to quit smoking for good and encourage others to do the same and that it was never too late to quit no matter how long you smoked. Wow. You know, I think when I talk to students sometimes, you know, they don't know where they want to be at or where to even start. Um, and, you know, there's like a spectrum to quitting. It seems like, you know, do you cold, quit cold turkey? You know, do you cut back? Um, and then do you go through, um, you know, different types of treatment? Um, but would you say that there are benefits to cutting back? Yes, definitely cutting back can be beneficial. It just depends on how you do it. Now, cutting down the amount you are smoking or vaping is great. It is an amazing accomplishment and it's definitely something to be proud of. However, quitting completely is always the best option and the end goal. Whether it takes a few weeks or a few months to continue slowly cutting down, the goal is to still completely quit. Cutting down with the goal to fully quit is great and beneficial. However, if you are cutting down and you are still remaining a light smoker, light vapor, social smoker, maybe one to 15 cigarettes or a few puffs here and there of your vape, then that's going to be counterproductive. Uh, these smoking patterns may be hard to maintain and they can actually lead to increased smoking or vaping over time. Mm. So reducing the amount someone smokes daily can alter their smoking or puffing patterns. Meaning instead of taking smaller puffs, you are now taking those bigger puffs to get more nicotine out of every cigarette. When someone cuts down, they are improving their health, but not to its full capacity because they are still smoking some of those chemicals and putting that nicotine in their system. Mm. I did have a participant not too long ago share her story on cutting back. She was very content in her achievement of cutting down to two cigarettes. She was a heavy smoker for many, many years, and she struggled with the process to quit. So she thought that cutting back would be more achievable. Um, with time, she was able to cut down to a few cigarettes a day and finally reached two cigarettes a day. Mm. Now, she divided her cigarettes one early in the day and the other one late in the evening. However, she was not able to cut those last two. She was still holding on to those last two cigarettes. It just became very difficult. Since she was smoking two cigarettes per day, she felt like she had to really make them last as long as possible. She would inhale longer, deeper. She would also try to make both cigarettes last longer by smoking half and then putting it out and then later lighting up that same one and finishing it off. Mm. Even though she was smoking less, it just felt like she was smoking more or the thought of smoking was just taking up more time in her day. She was really feeling defeated as if her hard work was 
nothing because her day was still being dedicated to those two cigarettes. You know, another limitation to cutting back or becoming a light smoker or vapor is that there really is no clear definition of being a light smoker. So being a light smoker can be classified as someone who's smoking less than half a pack, less than 15, or even less than 10 cigarettes, maybe even a handful of cigarettes per week or per month. Mm. So it seems like cutting back can be beneficial, um, but it also depends, right, on the, st- on the situation. Mm-hmm. So how does a person cut back successfully? In order to successfully cut back with the means to fully quit, you have to cut down the number of cigarettes or puffs you're taking from your vape each day or how many times you are vaping in general throughout the day. Mm-hmm. For example, if you're smoking 20 cigarettes each day, you cut that down to 10 cigarettes a day for maybe two, three days or so. Then after that, you cut down those 10 to five for another few days and so forth. So you want to just ensure that you are keeping track of exactly how much you are smoking per day, how much you are vaping per day, either on your calendar or your phone to make it a little bit easier, Mm -hmm. and then track that up until your quit day. Now, once you reach your quit day, you want to make sure that you are completely stopping cigarettes or vaping. Um, As I mentioned earlier, that previous participant who was struggling to cut back on those last two cigarettes, during her counseling, she created her cut down plan and she was able to cut down from those two to only one per day. And then finally, that one cigarette to none. So as mentioned, cutting down can be successfully when properly done. Mm. Um, We help people cut back with a strategy called schedule your smoking. So this is setting a schedule of what specific time frame you are going to smoke or vape and how much you are allowing yourself to smoke or vape. For example, if you are allowing yourself to smoke a cigarette at 8 a.m. and then another one at 10 a.m., that means that even if you have a craving at 9 a.m., you are not going to have that cigarette because it's just not your designated time. Sticking to your schedule ensures that you're only smoking the allotted amount. Every few days, you can change your schedule. You can continue to reduce how much you are smoking or vaping until you completely stop. A strategy to assist um, cutting back throughout this period is just limiting the access that you have to those cigarettes or those vapes. So, for example, you know, traffic can get very hectic. Uh, Mm -hmm. Commutes can be very long. Now, if you tend to smoke or vape during that drive and let's say you are limiting yourself and you are only allotted to two cigarettes during that drive time, You want to ensure that you are placing your pack in the Mm backseat of the car or in your trunk while you're driving so you don't have access to more than what you are allotting yourself. That sounds like a great strategy, (laughs) especially when, you know, you can't reach um, for that cigarette or vape if it's in the back of the car. Um, You know, we mentioned um, nicotine replacement therapy um, throughout this conversation, um, but I'm sure there for our listeners, there may be some folks that don't know what nicotine replacement therapy is. Um, Can you share a little bit about what NRTs are and where they can get it? Of course. So NRTs or nicotine replacement therapy are classified as nicotine patches, nicotine gum, nicotine lozenges, a nicotine inhaler. And all of these, what they do is they are substituting that 
cigarette or that vape. They are providing nicotine to your body to then slowly wean off of that nicotine Mm -hmm. until you are no longer using any form of nicotine. Now, the good thing about these nicotine replacement therapies is that they can be purchased over the counter. The nicotine patch, nicotine gum, can be purchased over the counter as well as the nicotine lozenges. So you do not require a prescription for those. Mm -hmm. Now, other um, forms of nicotine replacement therapy like the inhaler may need a prescription. So you can go ahead and see your primary care physician for that. But it's great that they are very accessible over the counter. Um, You can even purchase generic brands, which are a little bit more cost effective. And they can definitely be a great tool for cutting back and quitting smoking or vaping. And, um, you know, because nicotine replacement therapy can sometimes be used simultaneously with um, as someone is um, quitting and and, um, smoking cigarettes or vaping, um, can NRTs keep someone addicted to cigarettes and nicotine? Now, nicotine replacement therapy can be very, very useful when you are quitting. Although using NRTs like nicotine patches or gum does not automatically make us quit smoking or vaping, it does help with withdrawal symptoms and weaning off of nicotine. Mm. Um, NRTs are also less addictive than cigarettes. So some people do ask, well, how does that help me if I'm still receiving nicotine? Will I become addictive? How is this going to help me succeed in my goal to quit? Now, the key is to use nicotine patches or other forms of nicotine replacement therapy as directed on the packaging or by your primary care physician. When used properly, nicotine replacement therapies are only used for a certain amount of time, such as 8 to 12 weeks, but not longer than directed. All nicotine replacement therapies are approved by the FDA and have been shown to be safe and effective. Uh, Most of the dangers of smoking are due to the hundreds of toxic chemicals in the cigarette smoke, not the nicotine. So using a nicotine medicine will not cause all these illnesses that you are receiving from that tobacco or that cigarette smoke. Now, if you continue to smoke instead of using NRTs, Mm -hmm. you will still be exposed to hundreds of chemicals. Um, As I mentioned, the key is to use NRTs as directed. Uh, There was a woman who was concerned about her husband. She reached out to me and she mentioned that her husband used to smoke, but was able to quit using the nicotine gum. Mm -hmm. Now, her husband was three years smoke free, which is great. But during those three years, he continued using the nicotine gum. He became dependent on the gum Mm -hmm. like he used to be dependent on those cigarettes. People can develop this oral infatuation. Uh, That is why we feel pleasure from chewing that gum, maybe chewing toothpicks, or even popping candy in our mouth. Uh, This is why we provide nicotine patches. Um, Speaking of oral infatuation, I know that many of our students, you know, whether it's smoking socially, so if they're out with their friends and, you know, grab a couple of drinks and then also, you know, smoke a cigarette or vape, um, it can also be like a physical aspect, right? Um, You know, having something in your hand and putting it in your mouth. And so, you know, I know we provide quick kits um, and these quick kits include menthol toothpicks, fidget toys, a notepad for journaling, things that folks can use um, throughout their um, journey with quitting. But do these strategies and methods help as well, you think? Definitely. So we at 1866 Nulong also provide quick kits. Um, We love them. Our participants love them. It's a great way to target that oral fixation, that hand-to-mouth fixation that we develop. If we have been 
smoking or vaping for maybe 20, 30, 40 years, we're so used to that motion that sometimes it even becomes second nature. And once we're in the process of quitting smoking or vaping, we feel a little anxious. We feel like we still need to have something in our mouth. We feel like we need to fidget with something in our hands, Mm -hmm. which is why quick hits can become very beneficial. Um, In our quick hits, you mentioned you have a lot of great things in Mm -hmm. yours. Uh, We also provide gum regular, Mm -hmm. not nicotine gum, Mm -hmm. that can help with Mm -hmm. that that chewing. Uh, We provide cinnamon toothpicks, Mm -hmm. uh, which are great because if you have ever had cinnamon and then had a cigarette afterwards, it is definitely not pleasant. (laughs) It's it's similar to brushing your teeth and then drinking orange juice. Um, So a lot of our participants really love that. We have coffee stirs, which are good Mm -hmm. to chew on or even to inhale and exhale from. Mm. So then you're mimicking that action that you're normally doing. Mm. So having a quick hit is definitely a great strategy to target that hand-to-mouth fixation, to really alleviate that sensation that we're feeling when we're trying to quit or cut back smoking or vaping. Oh, thank you. So like, you know, if you're interested in having one of the quick kits, you know, it is also available through Titan Well as well. So here's a little plug. Um, But throughout the year, if you or a family member interested, um, you can just access it through our health center. Just go through the Titan Well window and just ask for one and we can definitely provide it to you. But for sure, we don't not only recommend the quick kit, but we also recommend uh, seeking support as well, either going through New Lung. um, You can also make an appointment with me and I can also refer you to New Lung um, and then also talking to your provider in regards to the different nicotine replacement therapies that are available to you. Um, So I guess this kind of wraps up. We talked a lot about, you know, I I really admire all the stories that you shared with um, about your patients. And I'm sure, you know, for our listeners and even for myself, too, I I it resonates with me because I've heard, you know, things that we've talked about um, through my father. Um, You know, it's definitely still a journey and I'm still supportive of him and um, and I love him so much. Um, But I guess for our listeners, our students, our faculty, our staff um, who are interested in quitting, you know, what would you like for them to know? I would like for all of them to know that you do not have to do it alone. Taking the step to quit smoking or vaping can seem overwhelming, scary, sometimes even impossible, but it really does not have to be. Having a support system, learning about your habit, developing a quit plan can make it possible. And we are here to help. Contrary to what some people assume, our program is definitely not the smoking or vaping police. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't force anyone to quit smoking or vaping. It's really important for people to make that choice themselves. One of the first things you need to do to successfully quit tobacco is to take time to think about why you want to quit. What are those reasons? Take a few minutes to think about what makes you want to quit. What makes you believe that you want to quit? And use that as your motivation throughout this process. Use that as your motivation to reach out to your loved ones who will support you during this journey. Use that as your motivation to reach out to us. Just picture your future self. What does that person look like? What qualities does that person have? What healthy habits has that person formed? And what unhealthy habits has that person changed? Now, Picture your current self. So what steps do you need to take to become that person? Mm -hmm. Whether that changes now, in a few weeks, or maybe even a few months, we'll be here to provide that support. Thank you. And I know that, um, you know, there's so many like, 
little pearls of wisdom throughout that I got from our conversation. You know, you mentioned, you know, um, it's not a one size fit fits all approach, right? And then um, something that resonated with me was relapse is not failure. It is a learning opportunity. Mm-hmm. So it just like things like hearing that, it just gives me uh, more hope, you know, and, um, you know, maybe if it, it's not smoking, maybe for our listeners, you want to start break old habits and start new habits. These are things to think about is like, what is motivating you and, you know, thinking about where you want to be your current self and where you want to be, um, you know, weeks or months from now. Um, and that knowing that um, there are folks to support you, um, I know Newlung has worked with the Cal State Fullerton community in the past. Um, you know, can you share a little bit about that? Yeah, so Newlung has worked with Cal State Fullerton in the past. Our program manager, Gina Palasigi, was invited to work alongside staff to launch the smoke free policy oh. in. Uh, 2013, 2014 school year. Yeah. Uh, New Lung participated in meetings to set up services for students and staff who wanted to quit. So New Lung was a resource for anyone who needed it once that policy went live. And we are more than happy to still hold a partnership with Cal State Fullerton and just continue being that resource for students, faculty, and staff whenever they are ready. That is so cool that y'all were part of that. You know, it's a policy that we um, kind of pride in because we were, I believe, one of the first um, CSU, um, Cal State Universities, to have that smoke-free policy. Um, Yes, we are a smoke and vape-free campus. um, And it's something that we pride because environment is also important to us as well. So it's all Mm -hmm. part of that initiative. Um, Thank you so much, Karen, for being with us. I hope you enjoyed your time here with us. Um, I also want to send our appreciation to Newlung for all your services and sharing your expertise with us. Um, You know, it's 2024. It's a brand new year and such an exciting time to consider new goals, uh, resolutions. Maybe there are listeners out there who are considering new habits, wanting to um, break old ones, um, even considering smoking cessation, cigarettes, vaping, or even cannabis. You know, I hope this episode inspires you to never give up. And there are resources both on campus and off campus, apps and hotlines that can support your journey to living well. So if you would like to learn more about New Lung, check out 1-866-NEW-LUNG. You can also visit their website at www.1866newlung.com or their Facebook account at 1-866-NEW-LUNG. Remember to follow us at Titanwell at CSUF Titanwell. Thank you for listening. Come back next week. This episode was produced by Titanwell Health Promotion Services. Living Well with Titanwell is a product of CSUF's Titan Radio.